Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everybody, the NFL season is in full swing and you might not be at the games this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. What's up y'all, it's your man Lloyd Spence and I am excited about all the things that's going on at betonline.ag. Some incredible lines this week. You got to go check them out. From the game spreads and the totals to team and player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always my favorite, the online casino as well, because it never closes. So, Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Tell them your man Lloyd sent you on over. You are now listening to Believe in the ACC with my husband, Mr. Talkin' Noise, Lloyd Spence, and our brother, Heisman Trophy and Florida State legend, Charlie Ward. And now, Lloyd and Charlie. Go get them, fellas. All right, everybody. We are here live. Believe in the ACC. That is Charlie Ward. I am Lloyd Spence. I got my coffee. Because just right. like the rest of America, I've been up all night trying to see who my president's going to be. <laughs> but I'm but I'm ready, though. I'm ready to get into some ACC football. I'm ready to talk about something not politic-related. Right, that's good. I heard you've been politicking all day today. I've been politicking all day today. But I'm, but I'm ready to jump into something new. But uh, I do want us to uh, have some fun tonight. So we... Charlie, it's been a while since you and I have been in school. We haven't taken a test in a long time. So we're going to take our midterm exam. We've been, we've been, we're headed to our, like almost our 20th show together. So now we're going to take a midterm exam uh, representing Notre Dame and Clemson because that is the big game of the week. And so we're going to talk Notre Dame football, Clemson football. And then, of course, we're going to get into our favorite game, Let's Pick Them, uh, where we're doing both doing very, very well. Very similar records, uh, and so we're gonna get into all of that. But let's jump in. First of all, Charlie, how you doing? You doing good, man? Yes, we've had a great day today. So, uh, good solid practice uh, by the by my team, and uh, we also had a good day here at the house. Awesome. So, we're uh, we're feeling good. Awesome, awesome. Same here, man. We are. You know, we, we're starting to kind of hit our groove with this homeschool learning. So I like that. I like that we're starting to hit our groove. Everything's moving in the right direction. So that's awesome. All right. I'm ready for the test. Let's go here. So for those of you who are testing with us, get your number two pencil out in your paper. Write down the question and put your answer in the chat. There you go. So here's question number one. Who or what? Who is Notre Dame's greatest Strength or what is Notre Dame's greatest strength? If you want to say what, who or what is Notre Dame's greatest strength? Is the first question. So, what would you say is their greatest strength, Charlie? Uh, well, I would say they have, well, from an offensive standpoint, it's definitely their run game. Um, yeah. They do a good job in the run game with the old linemen and um, and their backs. I think it's Williams, and then they had someone else. Uh, I can't. I can't remember his name. It's it's a different name, but um, they they do a good job of you know running uh, and, and keeping the offense on the field. Yeah. And the other strength I would, <laughs> it would be their defense. Um, I know they're t- they're one of the top defenses in the country overall, and and so. They uh, they'll definitely give themselves a chance to win uh, each and every game just because of their defense, uh, and so they'll get tested this week. But I just think their 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 two strengths will be their running game and their defense. So I'm I will uh, and and the three headed monster or two headed monster probably 
more you're talking about is, is, is uh, Kyrie, Kyron Williams and uh, Chris Tyree. They're both phenomenal, phenomenal backs. And they get some uh, relief also from Lamester and uh, Ian Book. Ian Book also, you kind of, I guess you want to throw him in the running game as well. I would say, though, but I'm like you, I would lean toward their defense. I think their defense is just outstanding. I think McKinley and Mayer and uh, 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 William, not William, sorry. I said McKinley and Mayer. I'm looking at the wrong list. Uh, Hamilton, that's what I'm talking about. Hamilton. Alexander, and, Alexander oh, Hamilton. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hamilton and Owusu, the linebacker, Owusu Koromoa. Uh, they just got they got a solid defensive core. It's good in the secondary with Crawford. Uh, they got a really really solid defensive team. And what I like about their defense is they bring it. They bring it. They come to you, and they and they and they want to pitch a shutout. They're playing for the shutout. So uh, I think that's their strongest part of their team. Uh, it's gonna be they're definitely gonna get tested this week uh, against a very experienced Clemson team. But I really, really love uh, what their defense has done this season. So that would be my answer to that question. All right, question number two. What is Notre Dame's greatest weakness? Um, well, I'll go back to – I'm going to say their greatest weakness, but it is a weakness. Uh, I would say the passing game overall. Um, I, do, I think they have a great offensive line, uh, but I'm not sold on Ian Book's ability to carry – them from an offensive standpoint if they struggle in the run game. And so that uh, I think they have some productive wide receivers as well. Uh, but it's going to be challenging if they have to uh, be consistent and are relying on the passing game to win them a game. They can do it for, I do believe, for a drive um, or a couple of drives. But to just overall, someone decide they want to take away the passing game and still have, you know, uh, take away the run game and make them a passing team, then they may be in trouble against a solid defense. Yeah. Um, Here's the stat that that jumps out at me when I look at their passing game. They have a net passing yards per game of 206 yards per game. That's not great. That's not great. That and, and it says and 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 the overall they have 94 completions to 155 attempts. That's not even close to great. So when you start looking at that, uh you say, man, what is why is there such an imbalance in their passing game? And you and I have talked about this quite a bit. Ian Book, man, I don't know what it is, but he he doesn't throw interceptions. Now, that's the good part about it. He does not throw interceptions. Mm. But he doesn't throw a lot of touchdowns. He's only got seven passing touchdowns on the season. So something is not connecting. Something is not clicking. And and, and I think that's their greatest weakness. And if they don't find a balance in that offense, I just don't see a path to a title, an ACC or national championship title for that team. So, I'm very, very concerned about them going into this game because you know Clemson is going to stack. They're going to stack the box because they know if they can stack the box, make Ian Book beat them. They got a real shot. The numbers say they have a real shot to win that game. Yeah, uh, well, Clemson does a good job with run blitzes. Uh, yeah, that's one of the things um, they'll show pressure and then they'll back out, uh, but then they're also. Um, show pressure late, and then they go to all these different stunts and run stunts. So they, you know, they do a good job of mixing all their, their defense, and so it's very hard uh, to get a read on them. But um, if they decide that they want to take away the run game, which they're capable of doing with the the D line and the front the front seven that they have, uh, it could come down to Ian Book, you know, proving us wrong. He would have to prove it wrong because <laughs> he would have to prove it was wrong. But, but but I'll tell you, he hasn't come close to that this season. Like not even close to that. And so I I'm like I said, I'm very concerned about their about their offense. I, I it just doesn't feel like some feels like there's a massive disconnect in their offensive uh uh 
program, and I don't know what it is. And you would think the guy with his experience, because he's a four-year, three-year, four-year starter, um, he, he's been there long enough to see some success, and it just isn't happening. Okay, Clemson. What is Clemson's greatest strength going into this game? And I said it that way because we know that Trevor Lawrence is not going to play in. So, obviously, under normal circumstances, we say that their greatest strength is Trevor Lawrence. But with him not playing, what is now their greatest strength in your opinion? Well, I don't think it's one one thing or another as far as the, the team is concerned. I just think it's a, it's a collective uh, attitude um, that they feel like they can't win. And I know when we were in college, uh, we felt like we could win every game, regardless of who we were playing. Um, and so I just think from, from you know overall standpoint, uh, that's their strength. I mean, they just have this, um, I don't know what you're going to call it, but mojo. Uh, you know, on the, kids other, the swag, the kids uh, call it swag. Oh, swag, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> but they just have this this thing that they just uh, want to call it swag. The swag that they just they they can't lose. Yeah. And so when you have that mentality, that's the way you play. And regardless if you're behind, you feel like you can find a way to come back. And like I said, that's the that's the team that I grew up on. You know, we lost two games in two years when I, I know when I was a quarterback, and every game was a game that was competitive to the end and it was close. And so that's just the mentality that they have. That and I think it's a strength that they feel like they can't lose a game. Um, and so I, that's something that that's culture. It's a culture. It's a mindset, um, and it's something that you have to um, continue to pursue. And I think. They pursue it each and every day. It's not something that just happened, but they pursue it each and every day in practice. Uh, and I know Coach Sweeney, he preaches it. And that's just something I think you you have overall. Um, and it trickles down. You know, all the guys that they have that came back, you know, that's the reason why they came back. It was to continue yeah. to help build that tradition. Um, and also won, won, won a, a national championship. But – I just think it's just the culture that they've built over these years that they just feel like they can't lose. You know, uh, here, here's a few things that jump out to me when I look at the numbers. Clemson has is number two in, in rushing touchdowns in the ACC, number one in passing touchdowns in the ACC. They are number one in average yards passing in the ACC. They are number uh, rushing. They're, they're not the top rushing team. but I mean, they don't need to be. But they have the right balance. And they got and then they got Travis Etienne, who we, we have lauded on this uh, show, just like Marco said. He's a grown man. Listen, on the offensive side of the ball, when you know, when you come to a game knowing that you're probably going to you have 28 points coming into the game already. That That is a confidence booster unlike anything else. And so you're right. They they have a confidence that most teams just do not have. Uh, and, that, and, that, and that's the coaching staff. That's everybody. They know they're the better team when they step on the field. So now then they just got to – it's very few times this season that they'll step on the field and not feel like they're the better team. So – that that is a big big deal, and the numbers bear that they are the better team. So, what is their weakness? What is their weakness? Well, going in this game is the quarterback. Yeah. Um, I think the defense will work out their kinks uh, when they get it all squared away. Because coach, um, what's the defense coordinator? I'm drawing a blank. Vrabels. Say again. Is it Vrabels? Vrabels. Venables, Venables. I know. I always get his name confused with the uh, the coordinator in, uh, that used to be at the Titans. Yeah, yeah, he's the coach of the Titans. Yeah, but, um, Coach Venables does a good job, and he'll figure out the defense. Um, but I'm just not fearful. But I, I, I just think what Notre Dame's going to do is very similar to what uh, Boston College did. Um, they took away Travis Etienne. 
Yeah. He have a huge game, uh, but they controlled him, and they forced uh, DJ to, you know, beat him in the air. And I think that kept the game close. Um, and, you know, I don't, I think he's capable, but on the road, it's, it's different. Um, and I just, I just believe that he, right now he is the weakness um, of their, their team sure. going into this game, just because he's young, one, going to play on the road. Um, and two, he's going to have to prove himself again this week. I mean, last week he, he did well, uh, really well with the numbers. Uh, but again, he's a freshman. Um, of course, he's played probably played big games, and he's a big time player. Right. But he's going to play on the road, um, and it'll be interesting to see how he handles himself uh, there. Here's the stat that I think jumps out, Charlie, for me. Notre Dame gives up 3.2 yards per carry. That's it. Yeah. So when you can, when you got a, a run defense that can hold people to three point two yards per carry, and then on the on the uh, the passing side of the ball, you 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 you're, uh, you holding got people uh, holding their passing yards to five point eight yards. That's pretty good. They don't give up a lot of points. They just don't. And so you got to – This will be the now. Now here's the other side of that. This is by far the best offensive team that they will see all year. That's true. <laughs> but, but not with it full strength. So you're right. The DJ has to know, and I'm sure Coach Sweeney is drilling this in his head, you're going to have to lead us to victory. Yeah. It, it's all on you because they're not going to let Travis Etienne beat them. So it's all on the young quarterback, and can he handle the moment? Will he be – uh, uh, the the new Tua to a tug lower, or will he fade off into the sunset, uh, like a young quarterback typically does? Yeah. That's that's the expected right there. That's definitely a good um analogy and a person to you know relate to because uh, yeah. Tua came in and then he kept going, uh, he didn't slow down. Um, and I'm sure DJ is probably the same way, uh, but we'll find out this week. Yeah, uh, for sure. If he's um, you know caught on, uh, caught some fire. Yeah. After you know first game had a very good for first game and uh, they're definitely going to challenge him. Um, that's going to be a challenge for him. And can he handle all of the different looks that are going to be thrown at him? Is the real other real question? Okay, uh, I got to interrupt our show for just a minute because we have breaking news. Oh man, what's breaking? Breaking news. Uh, Louisville and Virginia game has been postponed due to a COVID-19 outbreak impacting Louisville. So there is a COVID break, breakout uh, breakout in the, in the at the University of Louisville. So Louisville and Virginia has been postponed. Man, that's tough. That is tough. That is tough. Uh, what are your, your immediate thoughts on hearing that? I know we just got that to come across the wire just that fast. Uh, what are your immediate thoughts about that one, Charlie? Well, you know, I'm I'm still just trying to figure this whole deal out, but it's expected. I mean, you know, each week has been someone or some team that's either been canceled or postponed. Yeah. Um, and so I don't – I mean, it's breaking news that is happening – but I don't see it being a big issue. Yeah. Looks like the game has been moved to uh, the 14th. They're going to try to uh, – that's their bye weeks. It just worked out that they're both their bye weeks. So that'll be on the 14th of November. Thanks, Al. Appreciate you uh, backing us up on that one. But yeah. So, yeah, we just got that news. So there you go. Breaking news. Look at that show, Breaking News. I like that. So I, I have this question. Yeah. So the outbreak happens, right? Yeah. So does the SEC have a different rule ruling than everybody else? Because how is it that Coach Saban, who got a positive test on Wednesday, ends up 
coaching on Saturday because he had three negative tests Thursday, that is, Friday, and Saturday. That is a phenomenal question. And I'm, I'm going to tell you something, Charlie. I saw um, um, Paul Feinbaum on ESPN. Shout out to uh, the Mouth of the South, Paul Feinbaum. And he said something that was really interesting to me. He said, the South has a different mentality toward this. And he said, I don't know if they're handling it the right way or if they're being upfront or forthcoming, but he said it, it, it's bad, and it, but, but they're just they're just going. I don't think they're handling it the same way. Now, I'm not quoting him, I'm directly paraphrasing, but he said it's just bad. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they're just ignoring it or they're finding ways around certain circumstances or – I, I, that's a great question. I don't know. But the, I, question, my, my, the question uh, it, to me could be as well. Um, some of these tests, some of these tests could be false negative. I mean, false positives. Possible. And if they would probably do the same protocol as uh, Coach Saban, they probably have the same results for quite a few few of them. But they put in place this 10 to 14 day window, uh, which, you know, some people have some symptoms and some people don't have any symptoms. And there's no way that you can test out of that. And so I yeah. think that becomes a part of the whole, not say issue, but part of the reason why you have to postpone because, you know, we've said this before early on, most people, there may be one positive test, but then that's not the issue. I mean, it's for the person who has it. The issue is everyone else around them in that segment has to go in quarantine. Right. Uh, because they were around that player or whomever it may be. And right. That's, you know, six or seven other people. Yeah. Uh, and now you just wiped out a whole segment of people. And for 10 days or however long it is, 14 days, you have, you know, eight people in quarantine and six or seven of them may not even have a symptom the entire time. And I definitely understand the whole, you know, caution behind it. Right. But there should be some way that you should be able to test out of it if you don't have any symptoms uh, over the course of, you know, a certain period of time. I know 10 days. Uh, they're saying that it can run its course or 14 days and run its course. But I'm like, well, you're putting everyone in the same box. Um, yeah. It, it, and I, listen, I, you know, I definitely understand the caution aspect of this. Obviously the challenge is, is that there's no, and see, this is where, this is a whole nother show, but this is where the, 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 the leadership of the NCAA would have been greatly appreciated. Because if they could have come up with some protocols that everybody could have followed and said, okay, if this, if X happens, then we do X, Y, Z, et cetera, et cetera. But there's no set of standard rules and procedures for everybody that's consistent and to address what you're talking about. So now uh, everybody, the ACC is being cautious. And I, and I get that. I, I get why you're doing it. Um, but, but, but on the other hand, you're right. Does everybody really truly need to go into a quarantine situation? Maybe, maybe not. So it's just it, it's just a tricky situation, and without a, a a proper set of standards to make sure that everybody's going to be safe and everybody is protected, then it's just hard. It's just really, really hard. So yeah, um, it, it's um it's definitely a challenge, and I know there are people who are probably listening that's probably had COVID. And I'm not saying that COVID is not real. That's not what I'm, I'm saying. Right. Um, but I you know, also know that there have been people who've been quarantined for 14 days and sometimes 28 days, uh, depending upon, you know, them going back and they're coming in contact with someone else. Um, and they had no symptoms the entire time. Right. And so, and then they could have tested negative as many times as they want during that time, but they can't come out of quarantine because right. they allow someone who was who had tested positive. 
And so that was that's just what I'm saying is we we put everyone in this in this box, but it's not affecting everyone the same way, um, and, and 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 what have you. So I know we we all coming up against it. Uh, we we've been there, done that. You know, people got sick. Some people, you know, have passed away from it. Um, and and so there's nothing, nothing we should take lightly. However, I'm just saying that, you know, there are people who have battled it. There are some who hadn't even had any symptoms. And we're all kind of in the same box. And, yeah. And so that's what I'm just saying. If we can, if there's a way that you can test out of it, like saving, uh, and I, I haven't heard anything from him as far as any symptoms since that time. Um, and maybe, like you said, it may be something different, but he may have felt like, man, I can do what I not do what I can. I can work to uh, beat the virus if I had it or whatever the case may be. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he was able to deal with that. Um, well, and I know he tested, like you said, he tested positive, and then. It was all negative, three tests or whatever, and, and I don't know. It, this, this is a tricky, tricky situation. But, again, without one set of rules and standards for everybody, it's all up for interpretation. And and, and so maybe the SEC just has a different way of doing it. I don't know. Uh, Alan, uh, who lives in Louisville, said U of L hawked all their football activities. So the whole – it sounds like the whole team yeah, is on their team. Yeah, so tough, tough stuff. But – that is our breaking news for the day. So we'll we'll jump back into the flow of our show here. Uh, so question number five is how can Notre Dame overcome their weaknesses? What do they do? What what would you want to do to get that passing game going, Charlie? Um, I don't know. I mean, it's going to come down to them. I think relying on their strengths and minimizing. Uh, what their weakness is, and when they do have opportunities, got to make sure they take advantage of them um, and, and hit Clemson because Clemson's going to, you know, throw all these different blitzes at you, um, and you got to be ready to know where you want to go to football um, and then, you know, take advantage of – I think they have some taller receivers. Uh, take advantage of some of those mismatches on the outside. Uh, but they also uh, – the receivers have to win. Um, right. They have to win some of those 50 50 balls. Uh, and then they got to, you know, beat them with uh, the short passing game when it's. Um, if, you don't, if you don't do that, then they're going to continue to do it, put pressure on you. Um, but, I, but I've seen Clemson, you know, they, they came back against Boston College. Uh, but I've, I've been saying their defense. You know, they, they rose to the occasion against Boston College in the second half. But I still think that if you get a very good offense going, uh, there's some holes uh, on that defense. And they definitely try to trick you with all the things up front to get your eyes, you know, focused on that. But if you can find a way to focus, continue to focus down the field uh, through all the movement and all the different things that they do, you'll find some um, opportunities and in book just has to, you know, set his feet um, and be able to throw uh, under pressure. I mean, that's when you talk about all the, the great passers in some form of fashion, you got to be great when people are in your face. Yeah. You got to hit your target. I was sitting there watching Daniel Jones uh, the oh. other night and I mean, he just missed, you know, throws. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side, you got Brady. He doesn't miss any throws. Right. And so that was really the biggest difference in that game. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what Ian Book has to do. Um, you know, you can't miss some of those easy throws uh, when you're playing against a solid defense. I, I thousand percent agree. I think it would be nice to see them maybe give him some confidence throws, like maybe some simple bubble screen reads. Uh, maybe some pick plays, you know, bring the guy inside, maybe help a nice little pick play, five-yard ends, that kind of stuff. Just simple stuff to get him in a rhythm to where he can attack the next uh, level at some point when the opportunity presents itself. 
but you got to establish a rhythm. And maybe you start the game that way. Maybe that's the thing that you try to catch Clemson off guard, put them on the heels right off the top, get into a no-huddle type situation, pound them real quick, march down the field, get them in a rhythm, make them feel comfortable, give them that confidence that he needs so that as the game unfolds, because you know you can go to the run at any time that you want, but get started early with those screens and get the ball moving down the field. Let's see if that gets them going. But um, I think it's all about confidence with Ian Book. I just think he, I think he lacks the confidence in himself to throw the ball. I think it's that simple. He um, doesn't trust himself. That's definitely a possibility. Um, yeah. They can also use their passing game. I mean, their running game to uh, help open up some of those uh, throwing lanes. Uh, yeah. Make it a bit easier uh, for him uh, because. You know, that's your strength. You know, yeah. you have to use your strength to help the weakness. Um, and I think if they can focus on, you know, some of the play action uh, that they game that they do have, yeah. Um, and hopefully that can open up some of the throws that you normally get from that, uh, where guys are, you know, pressing the line of scrimmage. And you maybe even get some guys behind on the second level, uh, behind some of those linebackers. So I'm just. I just hope that he can get it together just so we can see a competitive game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because I think uh, it's competitive anyway, but it'll be a lot a lot better if he can get get his, get himself together from, from the past game standpoint. Yeah, I, and I agree with Alan. I think the no huddle is definitely a key just to keep the blitz packages off the field. You gotta you gotta throw stuff in Clemson. Put a pace together that's going to nullify Clemson's strength. And that, you're right, Charlie. That blitz package is a, is a massive strength. Uh, and so if you can keep them off the field, not allow them to change out like that. Give them, Make them get tired early and make them have to uh, play through some, some, some challenges. That is also one of the advantage points that I think you can maybe take advantage of in their, uh, against them. All right. How can Clemson overcome their grades weakness? What can they do to protect this young quarterback? Um, well, first of all, they got to protect him. Uh, that, that may be a big issue as well. I know Clemson normally has quality offensive linemen, and they still do. Uh, but Notre Dame definitely has uh, some guys up front uh, that could put pressure on the, the quarterback. And, and so it'll be interesting to see how he handles their pressure. Because yeah. they're gonna they're gonna make him move around a little bit in the pocket. Uh, he may have a clean pocket every now and then, but I think they're gonna be able to push the pocket a little bit, uh, which will force him to uh, possibly you know get out of the pocket or try to rush some throws and may cause some uh, turnovers. So uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, how they overcome you know that he, how DJ overcomes that factor. Uh, when it comes to them putting pressure on them. And I think they'll they'll do the same things that they've been doing. Uh, some screens if they start getting pressure, throwing uh, to the running backs out of the backfield. That's another way that they get ETN involved. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, throwing these back shoulder throws. Um, and I think those are the things, uh, you know, bootlegs, where they're looking for guys getting over the top behind the linebackers off the bootleg game. And so that's those are ways that they can get uh, DJ, who I feel is their weakness, um, some confidence. Uh, but he's definitely going to have to play through some pressure. I, I I know this is a Clemson question, but I'll say this. If, if, if I am Notre Dame – I have a spy on Travis Etienne the entire game. Wherever he goes, I, that's where this spy goes. So with that being said, you're right. I, I think um, DJ has got to – they've got to put him in a situation where he, again, can get into a rhythm early and find – and play to his strengths. I, I don't know if I would have him attacking downfield early because uh, I think that's a recipe for disaster. But but if he can hit those screen routes, if they can get the ball out of his hands quick, if he's got some quick three-step drops, maybe, like you said, some bootlegs where he can just get a few five yards, maybe ten yards and get out of bounds, that kind of stuff, 
that gives him a confidence that he probably needs to go 60 minutes. But if, if, he's, if he's fighting through adversity early, which if I'm Notre Dame, he is, this this could get away from him early. Because you know Notre Dame is going to throw him some packages that he's not seen before because he just hasn't played. It's not his fault. He just hasn't seen this kind of stuff yet. And so uh, he's going to have to figure out where the blitz is coming from. He's going to have to try to figure out real quick. Uh, he's going to have to get tremendous help from his offensive line. ETN may end up having to stay in on some blocks just to protect him. I mean, just to make sure that he stays upright. Uh, it's it's going to be tricky for him. But if he can find that quick rhythm, if they can get him in a, in a pattern where he can get the ball out of his hands quick and those receivers can get those – you know, just take what the offense gives. I mean, the defense gives you. You know, that'll open up everything else, uh, and it may even open up some some lanes for ETN to, you know, drive down the field on some runs, break a couple. Because we know all Travis ETN ETN needs is a little bit of space. If he gets a little space going downhill, he'll do the rest. Right. So, it, but it's gonna take a minute to get that going. I don't expect to see that in the first quarter. I'm thinking like as the game unfolds. Like it did in the Boston College game, fatigue starts to set in. Now you unleash Travis Etienne, and, and he's just pounding away at this team. Yeah, yeah. This, I mean, it's gonna be a great battle for sure. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, but I do know, I do think Notre Dame will be will get after Clemson offensively, and they may struggle, like you said, because they're not gonna be able to run the football like they want to. Um, and DJ's going to have to make some plays in the passing game, uh, which, as we know, we don't know, but we will find out. We will find out very fast. Yeah. That, you know, he could uh, struggle, you know, early yeah. on, and then he will have to find his way through. And so it'll be another test for him. Last week was a test because he, you know, they were behind and he had to find a way, but he was at home. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how they, uh, you know, work through their struggles early, because um, they're. I, I do believe that they will struggle. I know they're a solid team, um, and you know, if their offense, if Notre Dame offense is doing anything, uh, it's going to be, you know, a, a tough uphill battle. Yeah, um, I do think Notre Dame's defense is solid. Yeah. And by the way, I didn't mention this, I should have. Uh, two players will be out for Clemson. Mike Jones, the linebacker, great linebacker there, and Tyler Davis, the defensive tackle, will both be out of this game as well. So, playing with efficiency. I know they've been playing, I know they've been playing uh, some of those other guys mm -hmm. uh, in there. And I, I just think they got enough guys to – uh, I mean, those are two good players. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I think they have some guys that they, they just fill in and keep, keep moving. Yeah. All right. Players that will have the greatest impact for Notre Dame is who? I like number six on defense. Uh, I can't remember his name. Um, he, he's one of their top players. I mean, he's been all over the place every game that I've seen. Uh, he's an outside linebacker. He rushes. He drops. Um, and he's another guy that you could possibly spy on um, ETN if you're talking about putting a spy on, on, on the running back. Uh, but I'm the player that can uh, definitely change a game uh, from a defensive standpoint. Um, and Kyle Hamilton. Their, their safety is another guy. Um, yeah. I saw I saw something. I saw a crazy blitz the other day that they did, and I was still trying to figure out, man, how did they how did they do it? I don't know what the blitz was, but it was crazy. That's interesting that you didn't know. <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was very interesting because I mean it looked like the the safety swap uh, one blitz came from afar and blitzed and the other one was in the line of scrimmage already. And as soon as the ball snapped, they kind of, you know, X'd out and one blitz from, from deep and then the other one sprinted to the middle of the field. And I was sitting there thinking, I'm like, that's a tough, you know, tough read. Yeah. 
because most times you see the safeties and they're your keys. And uh, but I mean, you, you can tell if one is coming and the other one, you may not see him running to the middle field. But it was a crazy blitz. And I just couldn't understand at the time. But that's what they do. Uh, yeah, that's kind of what they do because they've been around. They understand it. Uh, what 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 the defense is, and they know the ins and outs of it, and it makes it a lot easier when you have veterans uh, running that defense. Well, that that, that player you were talking about is, is the one that I think is also my greatest impact, Jeremiah Oluwakoromiya. He is he is he is a man child out there, and I think he's the heart and soul of that defense. And 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 if he can and if he can have a big day in slowing down Travis Etienne. Because uh, that's the matchup for me that I'm going to be watching all day long. Can he lead this defense and slow down? That's a senior on a senior. Uh, and can he slow him down? Or see on a junior, rather. And uh, and can he slow him down and and and, and, and mirror him all day and, 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 and make DJ beat him? If he can, Notre Dame has an excellent shot of winning this game. Excellent shot of winning this game. What about the other side? What is uh, the player that's going to have the greatest impact on Clemson? Who are you predicting on that? Um, I'm going to go with, uh, of course, I think I'm going to have to go with uh, the quarterback. DJ, wow, okay. Even though, even though he's a weakness, I think he's going to have to have the greatest impact because they're going to find a way to take away ETN in the run game. And he's another guy that can get out of traffic and move and do those necessary things to buy time. And I do believe he's capable of uh, hitting some passes uh, when he needs it and making plays with his legs. And so I think he's going to have the biggest impact um, on the game. Uh, because they're going to force him to play at a at a different level. Yeah. Well, I'm going to piggyback on what you're saying and say it's Mari Rogers. If yeah. they if they're going to win this game, it's going to be because DJ is hitting Amari Rogers in stride uh, on short routes. If Amari Rogers can step up and lead this receiving core um, and cause pressure to be put. But see, what I anticipate happening is DJ hitting Amari Rogers inside, forcing them to have to double down, which opens up for Galloway, which opens up for Latson Jr., which opens up for ETN. And because it's got the offense has to come from somebody else. Right. So that connection, I think, is the critical one. If, if he can somehow be impactful, because he's the, he's the top receiver that they have. And so if he can, and he's averaging like 14 yards a, 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 a catch. So uh, if he can be that true third uh, or or second option, but 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 big, really big attack guy on offense, that's that's going to be DJ saving grace, and that will give him the confidence he needs to go around the room, I, go around I, the, around the field. I definitely agree because Amari's been a he's been a beast. He's been a beast. He really has. He's been great. He's been quietly kill, killing folks. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so that would actually be my Clemson would win if. And I'm going to say uh, if DJ can connect with Amari Rodgers. Amari needs to have a big game. He needs to, he needs to bust 100 yards this week. He needs to bust 100 yards this weekend for sure. Uh, and not on a lot of catches. Like it doesn't need to be like twenty-five catches. Because if he's doing that, they're losing. But if he can, if he can break some tackles and average that fourteen yards a carry or a catch, that that would be a big. That means that the clip is probably playing pretty well. Yeah, um, they will win if if Amari has a very good game. Uh, which will open up, like you say, you know, the tight end Galloway and some of the other uh, receivers that they have, which they have a plethora of those guys that can make plays. Right. Um, and so it will definitely open up, you know, the entire game because I, I, I still think they're going to have a tough time running the football. I agree. Uh, and that's just, you know, what Notre Dame's going to do. 
but I do believe if they can find one receiver that they have to rely on, I mean, that the defense has to key on, then that will open up, you know, the window for some of those other guys to – they don't have to have monster games. They just need no. to, to move, move the chains, play tough catches um, like they did uh, last week when they needed them. Um, and I just think that's something that they're going to have to do if they're going to win the game. And yeah. defensively, uh, defensively, they definitely have to come and play all four quarters. Um, and they can't allow Notre Dame to, you know, flourish in their strength, their strength which is the run game. Yeah. yeah, 100% agree with that, 100%. All right, with Notre Dame, they will win. If what? What do you think, Colin? Uh, if Ian Book has a a, a good passing day, um, because yeah. I, I think they're going to be able to run the football because that's what they do. But if he can find a way to navigate the blitzes and have a good passing day, uh, they'll they'll probably have a chance to win the game. Um, and then I think defense is strong enough to, to, to do it as well. Uh, but, I mean, the, the thing, low-hanging fruit, they say, is, I mean, if you get turnovers and those types of things, that's, that's going to be tough to, to predict. But uh, you, you never know. In these types of games, you know, a turnover here, and if you get two turnovers, you know, that can definitely cost you, you know, in the oh, long yeah. run. Yeah. So, but I just think, you know, if Ian Book can have a big day, Notre Dame could possibly win the game. I'll, I'll take that statement a step further. If Ian Book can pass for a, uh, and I think there's a word I'm looking for, not productive, but an impactful 300-yard game. Like, it can't just be 300 yards because you're down or 300 yards because uh, you're digging and dumping. A, it could be the digging and dumping, but – I want to see him have an impactful 300-yard passing game to complement the rushing. Because I think if they get 300-yard rushing, they're going to get two something. I mean, I'm sorry. If they get 300 yards passing, they're going to get 200 yards rushing. Because that, that means now they, they've gone in respect, and now those running backs can do what they do. But he's got he's got to move the chains. It's got to be effective. Or or they or they just they just no way to win this game. So this is gonna be a good one. So let's let's not delay. We ready to do our let's pick them. That was a good quiz. I think we both got A plus on our midterm. There you go. Um, let's start with Miami and NC State. This is a Friday night game, six thirty or seven thirty Eastern, six thirty uh, Central ESPN. The Miami Hurricanes coming in. This is a trap game, kind of, because NC State is that unknown and have been all season uh, where they can be tricky. Who are you going with on this one? Well, that's the reason I'm going with Miami, because <laughs> North Carolina State is unknown, and they can be tricky. And so I know what Miami is going to bring. They had a week off. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see. You know, which North Carolina State team, even though they do have a solid record, uh, is going to show up and play. Uh, but it'll be interesting. I, I just think that Miami, you know, defensively, offensively, I think they have what it takes. And and playing on the road on a Friday night normally, is, these games are tough. Uh, but I do believe that Miami, like I said, having a week off, should be prepared for the game. But Should be. it could be a tough game because North Carolina State normally plays well at home. I'm going to say Miami, too, but I don't think this is going to be a blowout. I think this is going to be a tough, tough game. And and I think Miami is, is going to have to bear down and probably going to end up leaning on that defense more than they thought they would. Uh, I just think when they played Louisville, um, not Louisville, I'm sorry. Um, who was it they played really tight? It was really tight. Was that Boston College? Pitt. Pitt, that's who it was. Uh, to me, that NC State has some pit in them. And 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 that's gonna be what's interesting. 
did Miami learn anything from that pit game? If they did, it will be a blowout. But if they didn't, this is going to be a close game. And I'm, I'm predicting this. there's a little rush to knock off, and it could be a close game, but Miami will do just enough to get the game won. Uh, listen, we've been talking about this for a while. Number 25, Liberty, Virginia Tech. This is a Saturday morning game at noon. 11 a.m. Central, this is going to be an ACC network. Who you got with this one? Um, well, I would love to go with Virginia Tech because of the way they played last week. I thought they were solid. Uh, the yeah. Run game. They're going to yeah. definitely have to improve their passing. Uh, if they're going to beat quality teams, you know, moving forward, 10 for 10 for 183 yards, that's not going to beat solid teams. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Liberty is going to win this game. I just like the way they're they're playing right now. Hugh Freeze has them playing at a high level. And Virginia Tech is a solid team, a very good team. But Liberty, to me, is one of those sleeper teams that you can say they have a chance to win, regardless of who they're playing right now, outside of, you know, some of the top-tier teams. But – I think the quarterback um, is a solid player and definitely will give Virginia Tech some fits. Um, and I just think from an offensive standpoint, Liberty will give themselves a chance to win this game. Um, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say Liberty. Uh, but I, I do believe Virginia Tech's going to win the game just because that's the way I, I think. But I'm going to go out and say Liberty. So you're going Liberty, even though you think Virginia Tech is going to win it. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you, I do not think Virginia Tech is going to win it. And here's the reason why. Here's the running game situation for uh, Liberty. People don't know how great their running backs are. They got four, including their quarterback, Malik Willis, four people in their run game that all average five yards a carry. That is moving the chain. And then they got a receiver in uh, Yarborough who is uh, averaging 21 yards a catch. I, I think that I think their offense is dynamic. I think Malik Willis is the real thing. I think they're gonna have a long day. Virginia Tech's gonna have a long day. I, 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 I just think they're gonna have a long day. I'm 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 going to Liberty straight up. And, and it may not even be close. Nah, this might be their coming out party. <laughs> so, all right, North Carolina Duke. Who you got? Duke uh, coming off a big win against Charlotte. Yeah, and they had uh, two 100-yard rushes, I do believe, against yeah. Charlotte. But it, it's going to be tough against Duke uh, against North Carolina, though. Um, even though oh, North Carolina yeah. has come off a tough loss to Virginia, I just think that North Carolina will bounce back. Uh, I think, you know, they're playing right down the road. So, and it's kind of a rivalry game in some form or fashion. Uh, they're in the triangle uh, there. So, I think North Carolina will bounce back and win against Duke. If, if this was North Carolina Duke, I'd put some stock in Duke. Basketball. <laughs> okay. This is not North Carolina Duke basketball. This is football. North Carolina wins this game. <laughs> um, Boston College and Syracuse. I'm going with Boston College because I just believe that they do have more than Syracuse, even though Syracuse yeah. is playing at home. Syracuse, of course, they've kind of had a, a rough, rough season. Uh, but they have been competitive in the majority of their games. Um, but this should be a very close football game because both teams are very similar in a lot of ways, even though Boston College has a better record. Uh, but they're similar in a lot of ways. They've competed in all their games, and most of the games have been close in some form or fashion. But I do believe Boston College, you know, has a little bit more uh, when it comes to the quarterback play, um, defensively, I think they have a little bit more. Um, and so, you know, they gave about 34 points to, you know, Clemson. 
Yeah. Which, you know, they held them to 10 for a half. And if they can repeat this half of that, then they should be good. So I'm going to Boston College. There's nothing worse than playing a team that played a huge game and came up short and they're angry. And you're the next opponent. And you're not very good. Yeah. And that's what's happening this week. Boston College is an angry football team. And they're going to take out all that anger on Syracuse. I think Boston College wins big against Syracuse. And I, and I, and, and, and don't be surprised if announcements are made shortly after that game about the future of Dino Bay. So, uh, no. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Charlie. No. I'm just saying. We need it, Dino. I think it's going to get ugly. I think it's going to get real, real ugly. So, Pitt and your FSU Seminoles. Three o'clock game, four o'clock Eastern on the ACC network. I don't even have to add, Charlie, who you got in this? Well, you know, going to Seminoles, I think they're they're rising. Um, you know, as much as the season has been in a uh, – has been up and down and spiral and downward turns and all these different turns. Um, having a week off definitely helped. Um, I know they've been, you know, working a lot to try to find the right um, situation or plays and for uh, Jordan Travis. Um, yeah. Him, you know, just his, his skill set, um, not having to run him as much, uh, which they're starting to do less of, which I'm, I'm grateful for. Um, I just think you can run by dropping back. Um, and you can, you know, every now and then run some sweeps and some special plays. But uh, to have, you know, 13, 14 carries, that's a lot of carries uh, in a game. Defensively, um, I think we're finding our way. Pitt has been, you know, a team, uh, hopefully not this week, as I keep saying. They've, uh, you know, they've been a team that's been solid, but they just hadn't been overpowering. Um, and so – It'll be interesting to see, you know, who, who, whose will wins out because Pitt has a very good uh, pass rush um, and a very good defense, even though one of their better def defensive backs has opted out. Um, right. And we'll, we'll be able to see, you know, if that plays a big part in, you know, their, their defense. But they still have those defensive ends that can rush the passer and they do a good job of, uh, you know, running, uh, well, stopping the run. And so it'll be interesting to see how Florida State bounces back, you know, um, with the with the week off. I love pitch defense. You know that. Um, I just there's no there's still no Kenny Pickett. In fact, uh, the story coming out of Pittsburgh is that he's still not running very well on that injured ankle. So Joey Yellen once again will start. I'm not crazy about Joe Yellen, and the bottom line is no defense can stay on the field that long and not wear down at some point. And so uh, while Pitt has a great defense, but they just it, it just you can't be on the field 45 minutes. And if you're not getting any offensive productivity, which Joey Yellen has not yet proved that he can produce yet, you're just stuck, man, and, I, and it, just, it wears on you after a while. I'm going with uh, Florida State in the more balanced team. So, uh, and just like we said earlier, we over Virginia postponed till November 14th. So that means our final pick of the night: Clemson and Notre Dame, 6:30 Central, 7:30 on NBC. Charlie Ward, who you got? Um, I've said that I would never pick against Clemson. Okay. Um, however, I just think that Notre Dame may have, you know, what it takes from an energy standpoint, being at home, um, you know, DJ being in a new environment, um, you know, Ian Book, I think, has a solid game. And I do believe it's going to be, uh, you know, a defense about at some point. And I just give the nod to Clemson. I mean, nod to Notre Dame from a defense mm. standpoint. Um, 
So I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that Notre Dame will win the game in a close game. Yeah. Um. But I, like I said, it, it's tough to pick against Clemson. Um, I just know <laughs> Coach Sweeney. I know that how they, you know, they prepare well. Uh, they play. Um, but I just, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Notre Dame. That's not my heart, but I'm gonna go with Notre Dame. Just I got you. I got you. I if obviously if Trevor Lawrence was picking, this would be easy. Or if yeah. Trevor Lawrence was playing, rather, this would be easy for for both of us. I think. Mm-hmm. I've been trying all week to find a route that would allow me to pick Clemson over Notre Dame. I'm. I don't like the fact that they have a, a young quarterback. I don't like the fact that Mike Jones and uh, Tyler Davis aren't playing. Um, I don't like that it's on the road for Clemson. Because um, it's one thing to play in front of the crowd that you played in. But, you know, to take that up, it's cold out then uh, in November. That's a lot of factors for a young quarterback to have to overcome. And I, I just think by the time he finds his rhythm, it might already be too late. So I'm going with Notre Dame in a very, very close game. I'm saying within four to, four to seven points, no more than four to seven points. Um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I don't even know if it's going to be a high-scoring game. Um, I just think it's going to be a tight one. And uh, But I just don't see the path for a young quarterback – this is a tough matchup for a young quarterback to have to have. Yeah. For his second game. Yeah, that's true. One of the things um, also I was thinking about, you know, before the show uh, was, you know, if Clemson loses, I mean, they know they have a good chance of getting back to the ACC championship game. Absolutely. And, and so if they lose this game, I'm just saying this hypothetical. If they lose this game, it's not a big issue for them because they know they're going right. to compete. It's going to probably be a close game and all of that. Um, and if they lose, it'll be, you know, a, a close game for the most part. Uh, but they do know that they'll have Trevor Lawrence coming back. Right. Uh, you know, after this game uh, to be able to play. And they're also be able to run the table. And once they run the table, they have a chance to win the ACC championship because Trevor Lawrence will be back uh, playing. And I feel like that's a security blanket for this Clemson team and game if they lose this game. Yeah, I don't think any of their goals are in jeopardy. And that, and that, that may be the thing that allows them to play free uh, and to play at a high level. So we'll see. But I just I, – I, that's a young quarterback, man, with no – little to no experience on the college level. And that's a tough assignment. That is a tough assignment to come in. So it'll be interesting, though, but I'll be – I will have my popcorn ready, and I'm looking forward to seeing this game. Charlie, I'm looking forward to seeing this game. should be fun. Yes. Well, man, that's our picks for the week. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We've enjoyed doing it for you. We love doing Believe in the ACC. You can find us on Spotify. Uh, some of you are listening to us on Spotify right now. We appreciate that. Or iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. But if you really want to have all the fun and you really want to see me and Charlie doing it live, call us to the Noise Maker page on Facebook or on YouTube, and you can see all that we're doing. It's a lot of fun to participate. Charlie, I appreciate you as always, man. It's been great. And I look forward to getting back with you on Monday on Facebook and and YouTube. And then this podcast will drop on Tuesday and Thursday, uh, wherever podcasts can be heard. Hey, um, before we leave, yeah. I need to I need to send a shout out. Okay, let's do it. Uh shout out to our to my our FSU. Lady Seminoles soccer team. Okay. They they are tied with North Carolina uh, in ACC. Um, And I think this is the last week coming up. So hopefully we can continue our stretch. I think we're 8-0 
uh, going into this week. And hopefully we can pull it out uh, once it's all said and done by the end of this week. That's so, all. Shout out to the Lady Seminoles so, uh, soccer team. Uh, they're chasing or North Carolina, I think, is on top. Uh, but we're top two. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And listen, by the way, for those who don't know, we're here to a basketball season, so y'all get ready because this should be a really fiery basketball season. And we got hopefully some really great surprises coming up here in the month of November. We're going to have a great November period. This is going to be got some really great surprises coming up. So stay tuned for all of that. Uh, we got some really great guests coming down the pike as well. So all of that on Believe in the ACC. That is Charlie Ward. I am Lloyd Smith. We'll see you next week. Do it all over again, guys. Have a good one. You have been listening to Believe in the ACC with Charlie Ward and Lloyd Spence. You can tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on the Believe Podcast Network, Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere podcasts can be heard. You can also watch Charlie and Lloyd on Facebook, on the Noisemakers page, and on YouTube on the Noise Media YouTube channel. Please like, subscribe, and follow on all our platforms. And we will keep taking you inside the ACC. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.